tree was all the same I was under the sky, no new horizons Maybe there is no one else to Welcome back everybody to the Campbell's Footballs podcast. It's a real pleasure to be joined uh, and for this episode uh, by a guy who's had a remarkable career in Northern Ireland but he's also been around England and the Republic of Ireland as well as the current midfielder for Glentoran, Shannon Klukas. Shannon, a warm welcome to the show my friend. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, getting a few questions done. Yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with you as well. First of all, how are you coping with uh, no football at the moment? Uh, yeah, just as uh, just same as everybody else. That's that's in my position. Um, it's tough. I say you miss the camaraderie with the with the boys and stuff. And even just like I said, there even not to have it on on the TV where you can you know watch it and. It's, it's been tough but you know you have to look at it as everyone's in the same boat and um, you just sort of have to train and get on with as best you can uh, so we've been given programs there with Glentorn mm-hmm. that we'll have to do um, I think we're on five five day a week right five or six days a week five days I uh, we're training away but it's, it's tough it's, it's, it's tough to, to replicate and try and keep that fitness you know mm-hmm. like Nothing. There's nothing like match fitness, as I always say. Yeah. So no matter what, whenever you're going to get back, you're you're not going to be on the same on the same level of what you left. But I'm trying to try my best to keep myself to keep myself right. And how easy is it to train where you are at the moment? With uh, you know, some people are, are maybe not so uh, fortunate with the facilities you have. I understand there's some uh, seagulls in the background there, which is uh, quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, listen. Uh, where I am now, there's wee pitches down down. I'm actually currently living up here with my girlfriend now in, mm. in, in Belfast in East okay. Belfast mm-hmm. a place called Dundonald yes. um, but it's been it's been brilliant there's wee pitches down there in Billy Neal um, we had a load of gym equipment then at uh, Glentorn which we were allowed to take home so I've had kettlebells and dumbbells and um, had stuff like that to work off so it, it's not been too bad yeah. Um the, the big thing you really miss is just the, the competitiveness of yeah. you know competing against different players and um, as I say there's only so far you can push yourself yeah are so you, there is so yeah are you still able to keep in contact with your fellow teammates on various whatsapp groups and stuff like that yes yes we keep on we, we keep in contact you know as I say everyone everyone has a, has, a, has a whatsapp group so we're in the whatsapp group and the but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same as same. But uh, as I say, everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. Um, there's not much we can do. But uh, there'll be brighter days ahead. Yeah. I say we'll all get through it. And and as I say, football's only around the corner. Hopefully. Yeah. I bet the banter's still high on the WhatsApp chats, though. <laughs> oh no doubt. But here you have to keep it. It's, it's private and confidential. Them WhatsApp groups. <laughs> you know yourself. I would. I would ask any more questions about that. I just wanted to know if the, the, the camaraderie was good. You know yours. Yeah, you know yeah. yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Shannon, it's really great to have you on Campbell's Footballs. I'm really interested to learn about your career and in, in, in the short spell that you're, you're a player and you're still obviously hitting your prime and I'm looking forward to seeing how you're developing in the, the next years ahead. But my first question I always ask is what made you want to go into football in the first place? Uh, as I say, from a very young age, I, I, I was kicking a ball. Um, my dad, my mum and dad have uh, you know videos on the VCR and I'm literally from no age I'm literally just starting to walk and I'm, I'm, I'm first thing the first president I'm going for is a football so it was sort of it was sort of always something I wanted to do and always something I always enjoyed doing yeah. and as I said it's an enjoyment thing at, at when, you, when you're at that young age you know you have to want to you have to enjoy doing something and I just love to play football um, and then obviously that led me into uh, Joe McGarry's Dungan United Youth setup. Uh, as I said we would have started would have started down on the, uh, training at the the youth and then we would have done the fun weeks then in the summer yeah. just that's when I was six seven five six seven until I eventually reached the the youth teams which I think they started under nine or under ten yeah so yeah pretty much from there then yeah. started 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 with Joe Mack it all started there up at Dunyan Youth yeah absolutely who were your inspirations growing up who did you take sort of advice and guidance from personally but also looked up to on a football pitch uh, it was always my dad my dad uh, my dad always he played a bit of football just locally too mm-hmm. Um 
I looked up the obviously my idols growing up was uh, Zidane and uh, probably the main one Stevie Gerrard yeah. you know you always wanted to go out as, uh, you always wanted to go out and be him you know when you're kicking about with your mates kicking the ball off the wall or kicking about the street yeah. um, so they were, they were the people I looked up to um, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, it's interesting because I, I, I'm a big Zidane fan. I think he's an absolutely brilliant player. And for this podcast, I'm actually wearing a Barcelona shirt. And, you know, I, I think of players like Zidane, you know, and I wished he played for Barcelona. But, you know, I always remember, we're just looking back at old Champions League highlights and that goal against uh, against Bayer Leverkusen and obviously Gerrard's performance in that Champions League final against Milan to come back that miracle in Istanbul, it, it still sticks out, doesn't it? Oh, it does surely I remember where I was when I was watching that 2005 uh, Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Uh, what age would I have been? I wouldn't have been that old now. Um, but I remember watching it at a bar with, with with my dad, and you know it was it was a nighttime game, and I'd be shooting a bit in, in a bar that that time. <laughs> <of night. laughs> As I say, um, yeah, I was just, I just, if, if there's one game that stands out, did you remember it's definitely that one day? Did so. you, did you think either of those two players would go into management? Uh, I always thought Gerard would have, um, and Zidane. Uh, as a footballer, I think you always sort of want to be involved. Say, I always, I'm sort of at that stage of my career now. I've talked to a few of my friends and. I've always went on about doing my coaching badges. Obviously, I'd done my level two and stuff when I was England. When I was in England, um, but it's expired now. But now I'm getting around that age. Now I'm twenty, coming twenty eight in November. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm getting that age now where I'm thinking to myself, you know, in four or five, six years' time, um, when it's all said and done and, and the boots are hung up, you know. Where's my life after after work? You yeah. know, after doing my job, you know, because football is such a big part of your life, you know, and to take that away and not be involved in it in some way, yeah. I think it would be. I just I just couldn't picture picture myself not being involved in, in football, whether it's mm-hmm. coaching kids, whether it's 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 getting the badges to become a manager, even yeah. just locally, or uh, I think it's something you'd always wanna you'd always wanna. Um, about you yeah absolutely I think it's very important and it's a very interesting question I always ask ex-professionals but also current professionals as well about life after football mm. I think it's very very important and you know as, as more and more we're looking into this discussion about mental health and you know it's very interesting that person like yourself who's incidentally a year younger than me I'm 29 this year and you know, just to hear someone saying and their thoughts about where they want to go in the future it's very refreshing yeah as I say um you have to, like you said there about mental health. Like I've, I've noticed some stuff. I tried to take a week off last week, and uh, I just found myself, obviously with everything that's going on and stuff. But uh, see that release of exercise or camaraderie with your teammates or yeah. match. I found myself getting, just getting moody and getting, you know, you're 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 not yourself. Yes. So you're not so. I think for me, for me, I'm definitely, I definitely want to sort of go down the coaching end of it, yeah. whether it be uh, managing or a number two or, you know what, I think I always want to stay, stay yeah. in the game now. And I just want to round up that very interesting point by asking you if you've kind of looked at managers in the game already and seen what they do and maybe think to yourself indirectly or directly, you know, this is the approach I might like to take in the future. See, to be honest, I've never, I've never looked looked into it that much. <laughs> so I haven't, or I've never looked that far ahead. Right. As I say, um, I'm just focusing on 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 trying to excel my career. Absolutely. Because I've, I've obviously had a bit of a slump in it, and uh, I got the head down a couple of years ago, and, and now I'm starting to get back to playing uh, in my best football. So yeah, that's where the main focus is at the minute. Let's go back to the beginning because you you talked about starting out at Dungannon. Talk to me about what the Dungannon means as a club because for those who are maybe not knowing a lot about the Northern Irish League it's a really it's a really small provincial club but a club that's had a lot of recent success uh, it's a uh, it's it's financially it's financially stable but it's, it's it doesn't have a big fan base mm. um, as I said the youth setup is probably Joe Magary's youth setup is probably the best youth setup in the country yeah um, with the facilities, the players he brings through, the players that get over the water. Mm-hmm. 
but it's a small sort of family type based run club um, and it's very well run uh, as I say when it look at it when it when it get into the when it get into the top tier of Irish league football it has it has ne- they've never been relegated yes which is which is an absolute testament to the club absolutely um, and it's it's just a really 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 good run family football club yeah um, and it's it's I see it as my club you know yeah my hometown club so yeah uh, it's, it's a special special place man. yeah it's absolutely and then you made your uh, move to Preston uh, in 2009 um, why the step across the water to Preston I'm interested in that movement in your journey I uh, I took um, we played a behind closed doors game. I was playing with the Northern Ireland under seventeens, and we played we played the under sixteen team that was playing in that um, you know the Victory Shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we played them, and there was plenty of scouts and all stuff down. Um, played that game, and I'd, I'd never I'd never heard tell people um, approaching you know the to sign me up or to get me over on trials and stuff. I yeah. played that one particular game and I played I played very, very well. Um and the next thing I had four was it four clubs? Yeah. I had four clubs looking me over on trial, Fulham, Derby, Preston, Everton. Right. So I went to Fulham. I went to Fulham first mm-hmm. and didn't do too great. Yeah. And was over there. Mm-hmm. And then I it was all in the space of I flew there, flew, flew to Derby then, or went to Derby, then went to Preston. Didn't do too bad at Derby. Went to Preston, done very well. They wanted to sign me after four days. Right. And then when I was there, when I was there, I loved it. And the reason why I loved it was because the year above me had five. I think it was five Northern Ireland. Players right. from back home, so it felt it felt you know it was an alien. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Whereas yeah. I went to Fulham and they're all English lads, and it was alien. You know, right. it, I, th- I thought I could have settled there, so I, I didn't even end up going to Everton, yeah. which I probably regret. Right. I think I should. I, I think I should have went to Everton and, and you know checked it out and mm-hmm. and, and done my trial and seen yeah. how I got on, but I didn't. I jumped at the chance to Preston. Yeah. And uh, I ended up signing at the end of the week. Yeah. And. No, it was it was it was a brilliant time at Preston. Yeah, and Preston's so, a very, very interesting club because Deepdale's a, a very um, kind of classic ground, isn't it? And you know, it's a, a, a big club in in English football still today. Oh, it's massive! Yeah, I loved it. Um, the stadium. Have you been to the stadium? No? I haven't. No. If you get the chance to go down, hey, it's 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 top it's top top notch so it is yeah but um, as I say I spent three years there and three three of the best years yeah or whenever then obviously we had won the I think we had a couple of, we had a couple of real good, big results there in the FA Youth Cup we beat Sunderland we beat City um, I think we got to the quarters yeah which was quite good for us um, but my time now you know we won the league won the cup won the double um, then obviously I was captain then of my second year my second year scholar yeah uh, I captained us to the double and things were going very well you know I played a couple of made my uh, first team debut played against crew in the it would have been the Carling Cup back then yeah um, made my debut against crew and then was on the on the bench a couple of times in the championship yeah Um but then obviously in the third the third year, Phil Brown got sacked. It was yeah. Phil Brown that gave me my debut. Yeah. Phil Brown got sacked and that Graham Wesley came in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it was just an absolute shit show after that. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 someone that they worked out all right for you, no. No, well it, it didn't work I think Graham Wesley came in to get rid of thirty three players and staff. Right. So he did. He just came in and just got the whole place out. Yeah. Was, uh, he, he was coming in there and the likes of you know, you had the likes of Neil Maller and Clark Carlyle and stuff mm-hmm. and he was trying to make them train from nine in the morning and we weren't leaving until half five, six, which was obviously ridiculous like. Right, right. And for for the likes of them and yeah. 
I just never he, he just he just went he just went on a rampage and just got, got rid of everybody right so oh, that was me out me early yeah and talking about Phil Brown you know that when I think of Phil Brown I, I immediately think of when he was manager at Hull City and obviously the you know the team talk with Jimmy Bullard impersonations and stuff <laughs> like that I mean what was he like as a manager he was fantastic as I say he, he, he gave me my debut um, and, he, and he liked me um, as I say if, if a manager likes you you're, you know, you're going to warm to him mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you one of the reasons why I think he gave me the debut we played Leicester away in the FA Youth Cup right and we played them at the what do you call their stadium Leicester's um, the King Park the King Power. We played in there and the game was, uh, I think we were drawing one each. One each or an LH, but in the extra time anyway. And uh, I was on a booker. And the referee had give a goal like it was well offside. And the whole whole team started going mental. Well, I was captain at the time. So instead of me trying to dissolve the situation, I run over to the referee because the last couple of minutes of extra time, you know, the, the game was done. Yeah. So I went over and started shouting to the referee, get ginger, so and so. Yeah. Give him that one. And I think he flashed the red card out. So he flashed the red card out. And I was just in the heat of rage, like I was, I was going in down through the double doors. Yeah. But here, the double doors they must have made of mahogany wood <laughs> oh, I mean rock solid mahogany oh. and I've uh, I've punched I punched the door and broke my hand <laughs> so, so uh, punched the door full socket and broke my hand you can actually it's still broke it's still not fixed right? you weren't I'll getting you weren't operation. getting any advice from Barry McGuigan or equivalent like that <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. But I thought, you know, it was going to be the old flimsy doors, you know, the, <laughs> not, not, not too hard. They must have been made of mahogany, I swear to God, they were like a brick. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was training like under Phil Shannon? It, it was very good. It was very organised. Um, he worked a lot on team shape, you know, mm-hmm. having having everything organised. And, but... Uh, and it was at a high tempo, you know, he brought in Ian Ashby too, who was hothead, good, hard in the tackle. He wanted that sort of a camaraderie between the boys, you know, like a tight, strong knit team. Yeah. That's the way, as I say, he, he, he took us to pre-season, he took us up to, I'm not sure it was our bros. Up to, we, we done like a marine, marine training. For two or three days, okay. which which was which was crazy. Like I mean, we no sleep in two days and wet through and <laughs> flipping tires and pulling trucks and oh, world's strongest man esque. <laughs> but he he wanted he wanted that. I think he was real big on that togetherness. You know, he wanted the team to fight for each other. And, yeah. But obviously, it just it just didn't work out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Which was unfortunate, but. But uh, a top top man. Yeah. Fond of a sunbed too. Yeah. Loved a sunbed. Oh uh, yeah, so I, I get that impression <laughs> as well. He certainly seems like he's had plenty of times of that for sure. I do love yeah, Phil. Love I think he's fan- I do like Phil. I think he's fantastic. Um, who was the best players or the the players that you enjoyed getting on with at Preston? Uh, well, obviously, I, I get on with most. It, it was more. It was more the Irish boys. You know, I had a big mate there, Don Devine, uh, who I played with. Uh, he's from he's from Belfast. I think he's playing up in Scotland. Yes, actually. I think he is. Yes, I think he is. Not yeah, sure the club. I, I would have, what is it? I'm not sure the club. I'm going to Google while we're talking. <laughs> it's I think he's. Don, he's at Dunfermline. He's Dunfermline. I think. Dunfermline. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I was just they're, checking. <laughs> they're they're League One, are they? Yeah. In, well, no, they're champion, yeah. championship, championship. Championship. Why, 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 why googling here on uh, Campbell's Football? <laughs> Keep going, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed with big me and Don and Michael would have stayed together in a house, you know, mm-hmm. with an, with another with another fella. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have been very close to them. As I say, you had your senior pros, but you know mm-hmm. I was. I was a first year pro. Yeah. Um, but as I say, most of the senior lads were they were they were very good to the young boys like the likes yeah. of Neil Maller and Clark Carlyle and Barry Nicholson and yeah. Graham Alexander, they're all you know, there wasn't wasn't really any yeah. 
any dickheads to say. Absolutely. You mentioned Barry, um, you mentioned Barry Nicholson. I mean, as an Aberdeen fan myself, Barry Nicholson was a, a really, really tidy player for Aberdeen, and he obviously played for Dunfermline as well. A, a fantastic career he had in Scotland. Unbelievable. Hey, wee Baza was brilliant. Technically gifted, and you know, could spray a ball, could keep it simple, could could tackle. You know, he had a ring, um, and. You know, he was very good with the young boys too. Yeah. You know, he'd put the armor in you and he'd give you advice. And uh, he was he, he was a top, you know, a James Milner type top pro. You yes. know, kept himself to himself and and uh, kept himself right and good neck. And, yeah. And, and, and what a career he's had, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, during your time, obviously, at Preston and before that, you had played for the national team, the Northern Ireland national team, at both under 70 and under 19 level, and then to under 21 a little bit later on. I mean, what is it like to, to be involved for your country? It must be a real honour. Yeah, it is. Um, it's... It's, 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 hard, it's hard to explain. It's, it's the... The football is... I, in my honest opinion, I, I would prefer to play all day for my club. Mm-hmm. I know, obviously, it's a big thing to play for your country and all, and um, but just the the style of football and stuff was it's boring. It's, it's I don't think it's boring slower, to watch. Slower paced. Slower paced, yeah, and it's. But here, uh, don't get me wrong. I it's mean, an absolute I mean, you make an interesting uh, point. I mean, my personal view is, I think that unless it's like World Cup or European Championship, and say my not, country's in it, I, I, yeah. I'm not really that. I don't really follow it that religiously. You know, I mean, if Scotland Listen. aren't in a major tournament, I don't really follow it. And uh, like the Euro, Euro 2016 is a good example. When Scotland weren't in it, I started supporting Northern Ireland because you know yeah. I, I wanted to to kind of back onto a team back onto a team that you know were an underdog that probably weren't going to go great far in the competition but you know go uh, to a point which were entertaining and, and I support Northern Ireland but you know it, it's weird you make a very interesting point I'm sure a lot of people listening to that will, will probably agree yeah well I'm the exact same as uh, my dad's the same too he says he you know the likes of the qualifiers and stuff there you mm. can't you can't watch it yeah. it's, it's just boring but on, mm. obviously when it gets to the World Cup and the Euros yeah. and stuff and you see the calibre of player mm. that's playing and, I mean, um, it's obviously better, but yeah. I mean, um, from a Northern Ireland point of view, I mean, Northern Ireland have certainly gone up um, a few levels since you know Michael O'Neill's come in, and obviously it's going to be interesting to see who comes in. But from a Scotland point of view, it's very tough watching us as a nation because we're so inconsistent. Yeah, well, I, I, that was the problem with Northern Ireland too. Um, obviously, we're a small population compared to a lot of other countries. But as, as you say, Michael O'Neill came in. And he done a he done a remarkable job, like, mm-hmm. like so credit to him. And, and it's not as if uh, Northern Ireland have world beaten players. No, and I think I think, that was, I think that was what made them very good. You know, they had players like Josh McGuinness, who's had a stint in Scotland. You had people like Niall McGinn. You know, he's got some I really played with Josh in the twenty ones too, yeah. and played with Stuart Dallas the Mill Cup. But he's he's got he's Brilliant got players play. there. He, he has them motivated to work for him and work for each other. Yeah, yeah. and you can see you can see Ariel together in a small Northern Ireland squad and what, and what he's done. Yeah, as, and, and as I say, listen, they have they have some really good players, but they're 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 not at the likes. So you know, getting decent results or putting it up to uh, Holland. Yeah, you know the Dutch national side, yeah. and, and you know them type of teams should be blowing Northern Ireland away. Yeah, absolutely. So they should, but you know, any time, any time they played. Top, top level opposition, even Germany. Um, they've, they've always done well. They absolutely so have. It's, it's a credit, credit to them and credit to big, big Mickey O'Neill. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so you, you had your stint at Preston and after a, a very short loan spell at Burton Albion, you moved to Bristol Rovers. Now, I was did a little bit of YouTube searching earlier today and you actually had a really interesting battle with Edgar Davids, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, so we played them, he was a bonus and we played them on at a very very good game then uh, as I say Edgar was probably past his, way past his best but uh, it was nice to say you played that again and, and got the better of him did you, gasp for, his, like did you ask for his shirt at the end of the game no I didn't even you know I wish I did yeah <laughs> I was going to say that, that should have been an absolute slam dunk because Davids uh, was a brilliant sure. player wasn't he uh, here, what a career he's had, and then looking back on it, you don't realise you don't realise your privilege of being the pitch with the, yeah. with the man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, 
Uh, what a career he had. Yeah, I put I, uh, we, a few of my friends and I. We've been doing our uh, you know ultimate team elevens, and Davids uh-huh. and Nedved are in my team because that Juventus team back in the day were so so good, and you know you, you cannot underestimate the influence that guys like Davids and Nedved, who you know were underestimated because of people like Del Piero and Trezeguet and people like that. They were really good players, but Davids was just sheer class. Here, that's a, that's that's one that's a player people forget is Nedved. Mm-hmm. You know how good he was and how influential he was, especially in the you know, especially in the Champions League. Yeah, because that was that would have been the only time I'd ever really seen him. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it would have been the Champions League, but unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to me about Bristol Rovers because you know they're a club that you know have, have fallen down the leagues a little bit. You know they're they're, they're kind of struggling to kind of get back to where they were. I mean, what was it like playing for them? It, it was it was amazing. It was very very good. It's, uh, the the support Bristol Rovers had even when I was playing there in League Two was was tremendous. Some of the best fans I've ever played in front of. Mm-hmm. Um, I st- Mark McGee eventually he he was the one that saved me and brought me in. Right. Um, and went through pre season was doing really well. Started the first couple of games and then tailed off. Never really played until Christmas time, and then got back. I think Mark McGee got this. I think Mark McGee might have got the sack. Yeah. But anyway, Mark McGee, who came in? John. Who do you call him? Slows <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll we'll try and work that one out. But yes, so. <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, done really well. Loved it, loved the place, loved the city. The city was. Have you ever been down to Bristol? No? I've I've not yet, but I but I I hope to go down a, a lot more in the future. Honestly, it's one of them, it's one of them places that you know. I, I, whenever, whenever I was saying, and I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I knew I was going yeah. to Bristol, but I, I didn't know what type of yeah. city or anything it was. But yeah. it was it was brilliant, you know. Darrell so Clark. Really, really Clark was he the was he the manager after Mark McGee? I was just wondering if it might have been him. No. It was John Ward. John, John Ward. Ward. John Ward. So John it is, yeah, Ward. John Ward. So it was. He was went Dar- back for a second spell. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So John John Ward came back, and and then John Ward started playing me, and I was playing playing really really good football, playing mm-hmm. out on the skin, you know. Yeah. What, did, um, did he make you what, a better player? That I mean, what was it about him that that made you get more game time? Um. It's hard to put a finger on. It's it's probably. I was probably at that age where it was, you know, you have to start, you have to start showing you, you need to be playing. You know, you're not 17, 18 no more. You're, yeah. You're now, I think I might have been 20, 21. You know, you're now at that age where, mm. you know, if you're not breaking into a team at League Two, you know, the only way is you're going back home or you're going to have to settle for conference or being on the bench yeah. or. So I think I probably just started maybe pushing myself a that bit more to, mm. and maybe you know different different managers like different different yes. ways of playing. And yeah. stuff like that. So then the fancy started playing more, and uh, I was alright. I think I got the Sabri, I was flying, flying, playing really well. Um, and we played Morgan away. And I don't appreciate that. Not good. Um, snapped the cruise. I went into, tr- didn't think it snapped it. I, was, I came off in the stretcher and then got up and I was walking about and there was bit of fluid in it and I was thinking nah, I, I'm alright here because it felt okay so mm-hmm. I went into training then on the Monday went to go and train so I got out onto the training pitch and started doing a couple of couple of runs mm-hmm. and uh, I just felt like my knee was bending back you Ooh. know like hyper extending yes so he goes oh it's not good so I went into the physio he, he assessed it again and said listen you need to go get a scan so I went and got a scan and then I realised I'd done my SEL oh. but in the midst of that uh, Pulis Tony Pulis at Stoke he had put he was he was forbidden 200 grand that summer right. to take me to the, the under 23s yeah. they had that under 23 Premier League yes so I was supposed to be going that summer to Stoke crumbs and I didn't I didn't know this oh, okay. I didn't know any of this yeah. until I think it was nine months later. Right. Until my my under twenty one uh-huh. manager told me. Yes. Stevie Robinson. Right. And and how much mentally did that affect you when you heard the news that you had done your ACL? That must be such a tough battle back from that injury. 
Then the first first thing I broke down, I started crying over my dad. Yeah. I didn't know why he was thinking, you know, do I come back from this? Or right. it's a tough time. It was just a tough time knowing that you're not going to be able to do what what you love to do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, how long um, were you out for? Nine months. I I actually came back pretty quick. Uh-huh. Um, I think I started running running again after five and a half months. Right. And I played my first competitive no first reserve competitive game. Um, I think it was uh, just bang on seven months, just after seven months. Right. And uh, then I got called. I played a few games, played a few, obviously played a few reserve games, and then built it back up. And then I think in our three or four months, I was back in the under twenty one squad, mm-hmm. and that's what that's when I was told then. Yes. So it was. Yeah. I said that the the boys had went went away to Belgium when they were messed about, you know, in the twenty ones. Yeah. Would you have so taken? Were, would you uh, have taken the Stoke offer from Tony Pulis if that had come around and you uh, hadn't had uh, this? I know hindsight's uh, a wonderful thing. Uh, I think I probably would. So what if um, just the fact that you're you're going there and um, it's a better opportunity. Um, maybe better facilities, maybe better coaches, but then I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Exactly, because the experiences and, and, and the, the the football knowledge and stuff that I gained from playing at Bristol was it, it's done me in good stead now. Yeah. With this. yeah, and then you made the trip back home to to, to Northern Ireland to Linfield. And when yep. you when you go to join a club that have so much um, history and you know trophies and success in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. how much pressure did that put you under to play for a club of Linfield stature uh, it, was, it was obviously a big move but I was I was coming back from playing League 2 over in England and then obviously thinking I should have been at Stoke and maybe thinking I was a bit better better than what it was mm-hmm. and then maybe maybe turning those up at the Irish League but Honest to God, seeing see the Irish League from when I came back till what it is now, like it's it's just strange and strange. It gets better and better yeah. every year. It does every year, and it's so competitive. Why do you like think you that? No, why no do you think that, the ball. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know. I just think you know you don't really have many many yellow players. You know, not many players that wouldn't go into a tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, he get very little time in the ball. I just think just everybody's just in that mindset of they're hungry to just to beat you. Yeah, yeah. Um, they might not be the best technically or the best gifted, but you know what the lack on what the lack in uh, what the lack in quality they probably make up for in grip and determination yes. of you know I, I'm I'm gonna put it up to you and I think it just has it's just a real physical league. Yes. Um, and it, but. As I say, there's a lot more full-time stuff coming back into it, Absolutely. and I think the quality, the qualities, the quality and possession, and, and the quality tactically and stuff is is starting to make strides now, and you can definitely see it. Absolutely, and there's a lot more money coming into the league as well. I mean, obviously, Larn have put in a lot of uh, money into things. Obviously, yeah. Gontour and the club you're at now are, are doing the same. Uh, I mean, that can only be a plus for the Northern Irish League. Ah, uh, it's it's massive. How you say? More money, better facilities, and it attracts. But don't get me it. Money talks. It yeah. attracts better players. Yeah, you know, and, of, and of course, a club like yeah. Lentoran, you know, they, they've got players like uh, Elvio Van Overbeek has come in from from yeah. Holland, and you've got Hirovi Plume who's playing as well. I mean, you yeah. know, getting players of that quality into the league can can really be a positive thing, and, and could certainly get other clubs thinking. Hang on, we might go and explore other parts of mm-hmm. Europe or further afield to see if we can get some some decent yeah. talent. It's only uh, some M types of players are only going to improve your league and probably improve. They'll improve the players around you yeah. if you're training with them types of players. Absolutely. So they will. Um, but like you said, it's, it's it's only it's only good for it's only good for the league. Yeah. I mean, let's. So talk- it is. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go on. You talk about their uh, Lauren, like Lauren of made strides, like like you wouldn't believe over here. Yeah. I'm sure you probably know because you've, I think you've done a podcast. Yes, I've done a podcast with Gareth. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Um, and obviously, the they, they have their 
they have their five or six year plan laid out and you know and that's fantastic like and, yeah. it's, and it's only gonna it's only gonna strive clubs to not fall behind absolutely absolutely let's Do talk I mean? let's and talk to me about Derry uh, City because you know going across to play in the Republic I mean was that a different experience as well I I don't know because we we, we had been travelling we had been travelling you know when we were in England so they would travel further you know four or five hours six hours to get to Cork and, and stuff like that it was sort of similar um, but again I don't think you know when I moved to Derry my head was in it you know I went to Derry and, and I would have been drinking at the weekends and stuff and just you know not really giving it the full yeah the full commitment of what it, what it probably should have so mm. I probably done myself a disjustice and probably done the, the club a disjustice when I was at there yeah. not when I was on the pitch don't get me wrong no. when I was on the pitch I wore my heart on my sleeve and I gave no. everything but you know my off the field antics wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been up the up the standard what it no. should have been no, but um, I, I, think, I... I think I think I think that comes from that comes from a uh, me just not really, you know, yeah. thinking I wanted to play, but not really. Um, yeah. My heart wasn't on it, like. Yeah, and I, and I admire your honesty for, for telling me that. And then you make the move back to what you called at the beginning your hometown club, uh, Dungannon Swifts. I mean, yeah. talk to me about that <coughs> movement back home. See, I went to Australia then. I, I got fed up up there. I said, listen, um, I said, uh, I had a couple of, other trial, you know, out in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. With uh, Newcastle Jets and Adelaide, Adelaide United. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going out there, and before I went out, I think it was it was two months before I was due to go out. The manager got sacked and thing, or I left, went to America. Mm-hmm. Remember what his name was? But I ended up going out there anyway, and never never played at all. Yeah. Just partied and drank and travelled and <laughs> sort of lived it up. But but say as I say, I got to about eleven months, eleven months into into my travels, and I just realised, you know, the the drinking culture and the partying culture is it's all right for a while, but it's not. It wasn't for me. And then <laughs> I eventually, eventually realised, you know, I missed the game. Yeah. And it was a big, it was a big part of me. And um, I, f- I knew I needed that routine. You know, I, I grew up with that routine from I was sixteen, from when I left to go to Preston. Yeah. Right the way through, and I missed that. I missed having that routine in my life. So yeah. I, I, I soon realised then I, I needed that routine to keep 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 me in line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, Dungannon. We've we've talked about them at the beginning. I know a really interesting club, and, and and obviously Ronnie McAree, who's you know you played under. I mean, he's had a fabulous managerial career so far in 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 the game. Listen, Rod was Rod was brilliant. Hey, um, he was the one that phoned me. He phoned me when I was in Australia, you know, asking what I was doing and stuff. And said Dungan, then ended up paying half my flight home to get me home. Wow. Um, yeah, which was which was brilliant. So, um, Rod, then I then I, then I started working under under Rod, and yeah. you know, if you know Rod, you know how much he knows about the game yeah. and uh, and what a career he had. Yeah. Um, uh, he was a master. He was a big influence. Now he's been, he's been a big influence in my career. Obviously, get me back back mm-hmm. to Dungannon and yeah. get me back playing again. Um, the main thing he wanted me to do was you know get get back enjoying my football. Yeah, which, that's um, important. Which, if you know Rod, Rod, Rod plans. Rod's an unbelievable coach. Yeah, you know. The, there's there's people that, that say you know he he's not yeah he's he, he may be better cut out for the coaching than the managing mm, yeah um but his coaching some of the some of the drills and stuff he puts on is really really top drawer like yeah because he had a, he so. had the spe- he had the spell at Coleraine didn't he after Oren Kearney left to go to Samirin and it didn't quite work <coughs> out for him there and then he he came back didn't he he did but uh, I don't know the whole ins and outs of it and it would be wrong I made a sort of you know comment on yeah, what went on sure. and whatnot and but. Obviously, from what I heard, he he was he was sort of shafted, and mm. you know there was other people at Coleraine were looking that job ahead of him, right. which stayed when when Orrin Kearney left, they 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 had stayed, and I think there was a bit of shafting and stuff going on. But yeah, um, I felt sorry for him. Yeah, um, but Good. it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity he couldn't sort of refuse. You know, yeah. he was going to he was going to a club there where 
better fan base, uh, higher up the table, more funds, you know. Um, but it didn't work out with, with yeah. form, which was unfortunate. Yeah. But, uh, but you had a you had a really good time under him because that Dungannon team that you were under won the Irish League Cup, didn't they? They beat they beat Balamina in the final three one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, we beat the. See, two or three weeks before that, I got a bad concussion. Right. Um, and then I started right back. I started right back that game, and I ended up whacking my head again that game. On it was live on TV. It was live That's on right. Sky. That's right. Um, I ended up whacking the head then again. So I came off at half time, mm-hmm. one nil up. Um, but yeah, that was that was Dungannon's first senior trophy. It was, and for a club of Dungannon's stature to have won a trophy of that nature, it, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, it, it must be really positive for the club because you know Dungannon in the past they've they've they lost I think an Irish Cup final on penalties, didn't they, in, in two thousand and six or seven, if I, my memory serves me right. And you know that that yeah. to finally win something, you know, it, it, when you're up against teams like Crusaders, Coleraine, we mentioned Glentor and Linfield, to to get one over a team like Balamina who are who were a very solid side in the Northern Irish League. That must have been very pleasing. Oh, it was the whole occasion was just it was monumental. Um, just everything from from the bus up to uh, you know the suits to just the whole day. The whole day was just a it was a roller coaster yeah. of of a day. And then yeah. obviously you can imagine what the week what the week ahead led to. I, I it bet was, it. I bet it was. A, I bet it was a good night. <laughs> it was all a bit. It was all a big party. But just just to go down in the history books, you yeah. know that. You were you were the first one to bring a senior trophy back to yeah. Dungannon. It's it actually probably took a while to sink in. You yeah. know, not really giving it the credit it deserved. You know yeah. that oh, we won a cup, but now looking back on it, you know you're thinking to yourself, you're one of the first to win. Exactly. You know. It'll live long in the memory, that's for sure. Talk about your Dungannon teammates, because there's some real quality in that Dungannon side that won the league, but also won the cup, I should say. But you know, they've got a lot of good. You've got a lot of good players at Dungannon. Brilliant. So there were, um, you know, you had Ryan Harper, who was at Everton. Um, you had Doogie Wilson, who was at Hull. Paul McGarry, who was at Hull. Christopher Haggerty, who was at Millwall. Then Rangers. Um, and, that, and that's another thing about the Irish League. You know, you, you have all these, you have top top players that just maybe just didn't have that bit of luck. Yeah. You know, played a bit over there, but just maybe just didn't have that bit of luck they needed. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with some. With a real good camaraderie, yeah. and yeah. I think that 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 stood us in good stead. And that wasn't just between the players; that was with the management, and um, that was with everyone. Yeah. And um, so I think that stood us in good stead. And, and we sort of went out with that attitude. Was Dungan always sort of do okay in the cup runs? Yeah. They're 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 a tough wee team to beat, and yeah. always have always have some real good quality players. Um, as I said, nobody in the Irish League likes going to Dungan. Well, that's what I was going to say. What's sta- what's Stangmore Park like? Because you know we just mentioned right there clubs going to Dungannon usually find it very tough I mean I I cannot remember how many times I've seen a Cliftonville or a Coleraine or a Linfield go to Dungannon and just struggle to even get a point and wait from home it's uh, I'm not going to say it's a noisy cauldron because it's not <laughs> as I say there's not that many fans that turn up yeah. but you've got, you've got your diehards and your loyals obviously yeah. um, I don't know it's just it's a perfect wee pitch to play on. It's not too big. It's not too small. Grass is always lovely and flush. It's yeah. one of the best grounds in the Irish League. It's, it's probably my favourite ground to actually play on. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. And that's, that's, that's Windsor and everything. You know, yeah. I think I'd rather play on Yen than, than play on Windsor Park. You've come up some, against some real competitors in your career, Shannon. Who, who's the ultimate competitor you've come up against? Is it David? Uh, there's David's Tevez, or the go Tevez. Did you? Uh, I did. We played. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Tevez went on the? He went the big mad spree and he went golfing and stuff. And yes. One come back, but we 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 were due to play Man City Reserves at their new training facility, right. and that was his first game back behind closed doors. Okay. So I've got a. I've, it's down to my dad's. I've got a good cutout uh, paper. I'll actually send it to you later. Brilliant. Um, it's me. Tackling Tevez, half and Tevez. Super. Um, Did you uh, win the ball? 
I don't think I'd have been at him too though. <laughs> as long as you get the ball that's all that counts isn't it <laughs> uh, Davins Tevez Pogba I played Pogba okay. Ravel Morrison them two played we played Manchester United Carrington reserve game them two played Ravel sort of played in the hole and Pogba played in the middle yeah. but Ravel was, Ravel was far better. Yeah. Well, how, why, did, why didn't that happen for Ravel Morrison? Because was it that lack of commitment? Was it, you know, did things just not work out? You just always heard stories that he was a wee bit of a lunatic, and you know his family were at their own. They were more saved, weren't they? His family. Yeah. Um, I think he had just family problems, and you never know what, what what's going on in someone's life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's what I think. That's what I think was wrong with people in the public eye. People are very quick to point the finger. Yeah. And, because you obviously know, we've heard people. we've heard we've heard stories about Pogba, you know, all these injury problems and then things behind the scenes and what's been happening. Because uh-huh. obviously I, I support Manchester United away from you know I didn't want to say because he was somewhere in Liverpool, but I uh, I'm quite I'm quite interested to see why it's not worked for Pogba. I, th- I think it's a big psychological issue there, but I, I it's interesting to hear that point of view about Morrison, and I wonder if there is a connection between the two. Uh, of them. I think he just wants out, Pogba. To be honest, I think he does. I as well. think he. I think he's just see to be honest I think Pogba looks at Solskjaer and he doesn't even realise who Solskjaer is mm. I think he's that ignorant yeah, I think he knows be. who he is but he's he, a World he's, Cup. the thing is Pogba's a World Cup winner but I, 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 I'm in agreement I, I don't think it. I don't think that the setup suits Pogba's style anyway no uh, no, um, and he doesn't. You know, United fans want a right king in there. Yes, you know, one hundred percent. They don't. They don't want to. Don't get me wrong. You'd love a, a fully focused, fully going for it, fit Paul Pogba. Yeah. But if if you're going to be half-assed and yeah. you know. Shot about like your hang that does it, yeah. it doesn't look well. Like. Yes, absolutely. Do you want to ring? Yeah, you, it, you've you've played with a lot of great players as well, Shannon. Who's the most gifted player you've played alongside? Graham Alexander was right up there. Um, he had a he had a fabulous career, but even in training and stuff, um, he, he was brilliant. Um, we Baznick, we Baznick was some right up there too. Mm-hmm. Great player. Um, Neil Mattler couple of games with him and what about in Northern Ireland uh, set up with your team at Dungannon and, and time at Dungannon and stuff like that Chris Haggerty is probably when his head's right the, one of the best centre halves in that league uh, country male yeah um, who else at Dungannon Ryan Harper when he's on it he's, he's brilliant yeah. um, in our team today obviously you've a rude on me yeah. he's just seen with Glenn Torn who's been there and done it and some of the stuff he does is magic yeah um I was hoping to come over to Belfast in March, but you know, because coronavirus had kicked off yes. and you know that that was gonna be a problem. I was actually gonna come over and watch Glentor and Linfield, which would have been right. which would have been the, the Friday night game. And uh, there was two yes. things preventing me from doing that. One, Flybe went bust, and two, obviously coronavirus went to hell, so I lost <laughs> 150 quid and didn't obviously get over to watch the football, which was a, a real hey, shame. If you ever if you ever get over, give me a shout. I will do. And I'll take you about and get you tickets, and we'll go for a meal and stuff after. Oh, what a top um, guy! What a top guy! I'll honestly, definitely hold you to that. That's on the record. I'll tell you to that. Fantastic. Let's finish. You have my number. Absolutely. Let's let's finish up the podcast, um, Shannon, by talking about Glentoran because you know Glentoran I've always um, seen as a club that you know are a bit of a sleeping giant. You know, wanting to get back to certainly battling it at the top end of the Irish League. I mean, was that a big reason that you signed for them? It, it's to be honest, it was. Hey, and uh, obviously Mick, Mick McDermott there, mm-hmm. and Wendy Miller was a big draw to go on to go and play under Mick and Wendy. Um, and obviously, you've seen the financial backing they've been getting. And, yep. and listen, listen, there's only there's only two teams. The, two, the big two in the Irish League and, uh, and without a doubt it's, it's Glentorn and Linfield yeah. um, obviously you've had Crusaders who have done unbelievably well you know um, in the last eight, nine years uh, Cliftonville's always been about us um, but yeah just just to go to that that draw and that big of a club the, the fan base as well you know yeah. 
when they're going well they've, they've unbelievable support yeah so and then plus my girlfriend she lives in East Belfast okay. you know up beside you know they just trained down here in Homewood yeah so it, it was it was a combination of things mm. um, and it was a uh, it was also you know, I, I could have stayed in again and, and been happy as muck. <laughs> and, and but I, I wanted to go and win trophies and, and compete. You know, I didn't want to look back at my career and, and go, you know, I should have went here and give it a shot. Yeah. So that was that was that was probably the main reason. And, and Glentoran are are starting to move that way. They certainly of, are. Of they certainly are. And, again, so. and that brings on to my last question for this podcast. I mean, what does the future hold for you? Is it to just do your best to Glentoran and hopefully win a trophy or two? Get the head down and 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 see where see where football takes me. You know, yeah. I've 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 been very dedicated now this past couple of years on my dad and my training away from football. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I'm fully focused again. Um, obviously I think that comes with a bit of maturity too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. But my main my main aim is. Uh, Started to set myself sort of short-term goals, but obviously yeah. they've been they've been cut short by the, the coronavirus. But it, it was mainly just to get in the in the starting eleven, yeah. uh, week in week out, and, and establish myself, and uh, just and do my best for Lintorn. But as I say, with the quality and stuff coming in, the quality they have there, and yeah. um, they'll hopefully be competing competing for trophies, and and that's what I want. Uh, I want them medals. Yeah. So. And and when you get your first goal for Glentoran, you'll have drawn level with the iconic goalkeeping legend that is Elliot Morris <laughs> and I had to put that in because I still remember his goal against uh, Institute it's still one of the most bizarre goals I've ever seen mental mental but here that's just the Irish it's just standard Irish league yeah. we, we have it in Scotland we have it in Scotland my friend don't worry about it Shannon I've really enjoyed our discussion so many laughs so much so entertainment I. so many stories thanks very much for coming on Campus Rules and telling me all your stories not a problem, hey. You're a gentleman. Cheers. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, or Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's footballs. What a dangerous night!